Welcome to Borough Talks, the podcast from the world-renowned Borough Market. We're bringing you a series of conversations around food and food culture with inspiring guests and leading voices from the food industry. I'm your host, Angela Clutton. And if you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more. Hello and welcome to Borough Talks from Borough Market. Um, I'm here today with Philip Jima. Hi, Phil. Hey. Head chef and founder of Jima Kitchen and whose Kuba is bringing traditional Iraqi cuisine to Borough Market, to London, to the UK. Just really bringing Iraqi cuisine to all of us, really. Um, you know, Changing the way people perceive and experience Iraqi cuisine. We have so much to delve into. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about your journey into food. We're going to talk about your take on Iraqi food culture here in the UK. But look, let's kick off. Kuba, yes. tell me all about Kuba at the market and Kuba more generally. I'm going to have Am to I say even saying it's, it right. Yeah, it's Kuba. Kuba, okay. Well, Kuba. We, maybe we should start the whole thing again. No, 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 no. This is great. This is actually perfect <laughs> okay. because obviously everyone sees the wording and they have their own kind of um, pronunciation and way of interpreting it. But it's Kuba. Do you know what's worse or actually even more interesting? I, I researched that. Like, okay. I actually looked up how to say because I did not want to make an idiot of myself, which obviously I duly have. No, not at all. But it's They're, interesting that, yeah. that, you know, they, well, we're going to talk about it, about how much is actually known about Iraqi cuisine and yeah, the misconceptions. Yeah. So you've corrected there's, me. Carry on. And, and there's, you know, just to start us off, like, kubba is, is a dumpling. It's okay. like an Iraqi version of um, a croquette or, as I say, a dumpling, and it's handmade. And across the Middle East, you've got kibbe. Which is spelled K I B B E H, Kubba, K U B B A. And there's various spellings, various ways, various ingredients, recipes, but all centered around this beautiful handcrafted dumpling that is a labor of love, but just something that is very close to my heart. And, and once you've tried it, it, it definitely gets close to people's hearts. Well, as I have. Well. I mean, I absolutely just, I mean, I'm in love. You can get so many different feelings yeah. inside it. But you say it's close to your heart, Phil. Tell me why it's close to your heart. Um, Iraqi cuisine, for me, like, I grew up eating it and it was uh, a cuisine that was at home for celebratory kind of evenings, lunches, and there, it was just show stopping dishes. Yeah. And, you know, back then when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate or really see the kind of work that went into it or the the integrity behind the food, behind the spicing, behind yeah. the te- technique and, and, and flavours. So, Tell me about the technique. I'm really interested about how, how they're made. There, you know, there's so many stages to making a, a kubba and... I was scared you know, of saying it now. For, for, don't be silly. <laughs> say it, say it. Keep getting it wrong. It's good. Um... And yeah, like we're 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 looking at like let's say our signature kubatalib. So that's like a beautiful rich yellow colour and it's got a rice shell. And so you cook the rice, you let it cool, you mince it through a mincer three times. And that releases its starches and we, and it allows for like this like paste to shape and form this beautiful um almost tulip style shape. That's then hollowed out and it's stuffed with a spiced lamb and onion mix. And then it's intricately intricately shaped into this beautiful dumpling and then obviously left to cool and fried, you know, to, to serve. And, you know, who's really going to have a mincer? Who's really going to get out a mincer at home and start mincing rice? Not, not many people, right? But 
and or, or or mincing it by hand, like old school times. Obviously, in at Ark, like they're not going to have mincers. Mm. They were mincing the rice by hand, like really, like labor intensive yeah. stuff. And um, you, you look at them, and they're they're quite unassuming. You know, I have I have some people say, "Oh, it's like an arancini," and I get really triggered. It's like yeah. it's nothing like an arancini. Like yeah. you know, the the work that goes into these things is insane and but they are very humble to look at and i guess very, that, that's reflective of their humble origins I yeah it's very just like normal food 100 percent, and that that in itself that like everything i've shared there is like i want to celebrate this like this needs to be in front of people i really want to showcase this little humble dumpling basically yeah. and um I, I i shoot myself for celebrating it because it's a, a logistical and 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 time-consuming operation to kind of keep filling the shelves at Borough with these kubbas because yeah. they just get eaten so quickly. Yeah. But And you're in the Borough Market kitchen yes. part. Tell us, about, tell us about that for anyone who may not know it. So um, back in November 2019, um, I opened a kubba, which is our, you know, our signature kind of celebratory stall that specialises in handcrafted Iraqi dumplings. And it's it's been an incredible journey for, for obviously many November diff- 19 was one of those dates that you'd think about no one no one knew in November 19 what was coming down the track literally so fast literally we were open four months and um and, and that whole area opened at the same time didn't it so it's yeah. a lovely sort of bit I always think of kind of I always say at the back of the borough market but I guess it depends where you're coming from but it's a wonderful uh, its own area yeah. all of hot food of different cultures and cuisines That's and styles it. isn't it so before for for regulars who've been to Borough Market, it was all at the, let's say the front near to London Bridge, the actual yeah. bridge, and then um, Borough have just moved a beautiful kind of like offering to moved us all to the back and brought in new traders like myself and kept a lot of the old school traders and yeah, we're one big family. Like people might think it's all very competitive and you know, but we all look out for each other and. It's it's a real community there, yeah. and I'm so proud and and happy to be to be part of it. Yeah, you know that's really lovely to hear. Let's let's talk, Phil, about how you got to be part of you, how you got to be. This is what you do because mm-hmm. I know your your original starting point in you know, career wise wasn't in food. Tell us about tell us about that. Yeah, I um well I studied economics for business at Leeds Met University and um. The chosen path, I guess, to, to, to please mum and dad was just to end up in finance and just to do that whole whole route. You know, we have this joke, as an Iraqi, you're either going to be in finance, you're either going to be a doctor or an architect or, right. or an engineer. And um, I've somehow ended up in food. And um, yeah, it was, it was a journey of, I think, about six, seven years in finance. And... Um, I wasn't I wasn't fulfilled, I wasn't happy, but it was also just a job and it was paying yeah. the bills and but there was always a distraction, always a calling for, for food and, and, and just something Who was the cook at home when you were growing up? So my dad's Iraqi, my mum's English Irish. So dad was obviously bringing the Iraqi dishes and my aunties, like, you know, they were they were incredible cooks. Um so yeah, it was really that influence that of, of of the, let's say, the Iraqi influence that came from dad's side of the family. But there isn't really a romantic story of me on <laughs> Nana's knee with a rolling pin or me with Do you with find mom. people like me wanting to make one, yeah. wanting to draw one out of you? Yeah, no, that, and, and I don't know, I think, it, I think it's quite interesting to... 
to sort of highlight that because I just like from growing up and even bringing like leftover dishes. I used to bring it into the into the office when I was in finance. I'd bring the dolma in. I'd bring the kletcha, these date and cardamom and cookies that we do. I'd bring some like um, stews in, and the boys would just clean it up and just like you could just see their reaction. So even then, like little seeds were being planted for me of like, okay, like this this food. I know this food is amazing, but also like, you know, for people who haven't tried it before. The reactions were really special. And Phil, do you think the reactions are partly to do with the food, but partly to do with Iraqi, partly to do with where you're saying it's from? Because yeah, we're all familiar, more familiar with mm. you know, Lebanese food or Syrian food or Turkish food. But you know, Iraqi food is something which people don't really know and understand. And the word Iraq is yeah. a very, very complicated word. And do you feel that was part of the interesting reaction you were getting from people? Yeah, I think... Um, people's association with a country that has just had like so much negative press and so much so much harm you know and destruction that has gone through a country that I've only really felt through my dad's eyes like I've not I went when I was a baby to Baghdad and and my family from the north in Mosul and you know that it's trauma, like it, it's real trauma, and the diaspora community here and the next generation, as Iraqi, we've got this like. It's like you don't say, you don't even have to say anything. There's just this like burning thing inside you of like true pride and true, like you wanna you wanna represent the country and you want it to you want to do it justice and not have people look at it like they've seen it through the, the the lens of a television and again like these are these are things that have that seeds that have been planted in me and and as this has grown and as you know yeah you do sort of say you know this food is iraqi food like yeah there is a little spike there is a little like okay wow like i've never tried this and you know again like subconsciously they they know x about iraq because that's what they've seen on the news and that's like the power of food it moves me it really touches me that we're 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 doing something more than just feeding people like it's like we're changing the listening we're changing the conversation and the more we can do that with with food and with the cuisine where people get more connected to it it's like the dehumanization of a country through war and just through the death toll that we've seen that dehumanization shrinks it becomes more real for people and again like that that's powerful stuff it is and it, you're talking about dehumanization but then what you're doing through your food is is I feel very much connecting us back with the people 100%. of the country and, un- and understanding that we're talking about actual people. You know, as you say, it's so easy to kind of get sucked in almost to kind of the the pictures that you see mm. on TV and sort of see everything you know, as as at one level. Yeah, but yeah, I feel yeah. like what you're doing is sort of helping us drill beneath those levels 100%. and understand what's really you know a greater feeling of a place than yeah. you just see by watching. The news or seeing a newspaper and and 100 percent angela and, and that's why as well like we 
like me and the team, we care so much about your experience. Like for me to be representing a country single-handedly, it's like there's a, I, I put myself under a lot of pressure, but at the same time, like this is your first time trying, forget Juma, forget Kubba. Like this is your first time trying Iraqi food. I, I need to make it as special for you as possible. So you walk away thinking, wow. You're so right, Phil. That is quite a responsibility. Right. And and that's something I've, I've really like had and drilled into the team. And, and they get it. They really get it. Because the representation is so small, Like we've got one chance to like convert that customer yeah. or to make an impression. And, open and minds. That's it, to open minds. And yeah, like we... we we are we're winning the hearts and minds of, of so many people and it's it's a beautiful thing and it's the reason why i keep going you know yeah regardless. but yeah you left finance with a a sort of drawing towards food and wanting to do something with that but you're sure as heck could take an easier route for yeah <laughs> tell me about it so what but tell me i'm really curious as to you know what the journey was from and how long ago roughly are we talking about you you're leaving your career in finance mm. and you know opening up borough what, we, what so, are we talking so tooth so i left finance and then i didn't really know what i was doing myself and i, I got a kind of cushy kind of job in an in a energy consultancy firm and that was just kind of paying the bills but also gave me a lot of free time and met some incredible people that year and during that like time where I had more time on my hands I was more curious about food so I kind of spent my, I used my holiday to just go and work in kitchens right. and to just working in gastro pubs working restaurants like a couple of Michelin starred places and it was just like I was this this passion was being fueled and the fire inside me was getting like bigger and and then I decided like you know I was going to swear but <laughs> I'm going to go for it I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do this do this supper club and do this pop up because at the at the time London street food scene was incredible like, what year are you talking 14 something like 2013 that? 12 2012 2013 okay. and um while I was doing work experience at street food festivals like there was Ethiopian food there was Korean fried chicken there was like Nigerian food there was just so much happening and Londoners being Londoners they were just accepting it open hearted and just going for it and I was thinking wow Iraqi cuisine definitely has its place amongst all of this lot and um, I decided to just host my first supper club and it was a small little cafe in South Wimbledon filled with friends and family like they were all biased the food was terrible <laughs> like, there were so many mistakes and so much went wrong but um that's I, probably one of the best nights you've ever done I, spiritually oh wow i was i i never i will never forget that and i was hooked and um yeah that was the start and then from there like we did more pop-ups i i just grew in confidence like, i was self-taught like and here i am like yeah. flying the flag for iraqi cuisine like I was I was very it was like I was scared. I still do get scared. I still have this like horrible like feeling in my stomach of like you know when I launch a new dish or when I launched our fresco it's like are people going to accept it? Are people going to get it? Is the food good enough? Am I good enough? So back then it was even more apparent and um Where did you get the recipes from? The family Yeah, from like the, the classic dishes from from dad and family but it's been a journey of like so much self 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 teaching and 
and reaching out because there's no real like chef I can go like can I just work a month at your you're kid, it you know <laughs> <laughs> don't say that not yet <laughs> You know, like, can I just work a month at your kitchen and learn everything? And there was no real blueprint for that. So a lot of books, a lot of reaching out to, like, you know, recipe writers. Nawal, if she's, if she would listen to something like this, she's been amazing. Nawal Nasrallah, um, she's, like, created a pretty much incredible encyclopedia of, of Iraqi cooking. And um, incredible. And, um, and, yeah, basically, it's... It's been a lot of trial and error, mm. and um, with but with that, I was learning quickly. Like the pop-ups were great vehicles for me to go, you know, to trial a new dish, and you know, people would just accept it, you know, recommend tweaks. And that be, at the beginning, I need to add that like Iraqis didn't know about me. I was just about to say, what about the Iraqi community? No, they weren't. They weren't on my radar okay. yet. Or I wasn't on theirs, yeah. should I say. But weirdly, they weren't on mine because I was trying to bridge the cultural gap, right? I wanted to share this with, with wider audiences than, than Iraqis who know the food already. And I guess that was a blessing because if, if they'd come in like the first year or like the first two years, I would have been like written off like, and they are like the toughest crowd to please, really. Why is that? <laughs> they is that in a sense of ownership? It's about, pride. Okay. It's pride and a sense of, at the beginning, I took it quite personally, but it's it's actually like they, they're, they're rooting for me. Like, really, they, like, they're the most incredible um, family, I guess, of mine now, where they really are um wanting me to like do well and and at the same time, you know, their, their, their feedback is is great. But... The other the other thing to sort of mention in amongst when the Iraqi community were coming, what I got was this cuisine is so much more vast than just my version. So Because you say your food's Iraqi inspired. Yeah. So so we do the dolma, the, the, the classic dolma, the, the stuffed onion shells, stuffed vine leaves, stuffed peppers. So we do that with tamarind and pomegranate molasses as the main base. Iraqis would come and be like, "Why isn't this with tomato sauce? Not not ketchup. Don't actually in a tomato <laughs> sauce." Like, I'd, I'd be looking at them like, "What? Like, that's not how we do it." But then this conversation and, and, and rather heated debate would begin of like, "No, our version is this," and I'll be like, "No, our version is this." So then I was like, obviously, when I'm young and I'm like starting out and I'm got this like self-taught hat on that I'm, you know, very very conscious of. I'm like, oh God, I'm doing it wrong. But then as as I'm growing, I'm like, okay, there's like regional versions now. So forget like someone coming on the scene, for example, saying, I, I do Indian food. We all now know Indian food is like so vast. Yeah. North, south, east, west. And it's exactly the same with Iraqi. Well, let's get into that a little bit more because you've sort of you know, taken me exactly where you know, I wanted to go in this and thinking about... Iraqi food culture you know, more broadly and thinking about regionality and the way things have you know, evolved and will evolve and, and change and, and that mm. sort of idea of different areas having different specialities, different ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, assuming that I know very little about this because I probably do know very little about this, can you just talk me a little bit through the kind of, the, as you see the kind of regionality of Iraq in, in terms of its food? Cool. Things like you were just saying. Yeah, so, so like 
in the north in Mosul, there's a there's the 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 spicing is a lot more apparent. So like for us, we use the black pepper, the cardamom, um, rose, nutmeg, cinnamon, allspice, pimento, like all of these spices that are familiar to us all, but when they're combined in a certain way, it creates a real authenticity. Also in the north, the specialists in Kuba. Is the north where your family? Yeah, from, we're from Mosul, from the north. Okay. Um, other areas like Baghdad would have their own, let's say, version of dolma, where mm. it will be different to like the south. Um, and even like things like herbs, like you know, you're gonna get like different regions that will be more herb, like herb kind of dishes. And is that to do with the terrain? That that's to do with, yeah, that's to do with the area and the, and the terrain, but also to do with the um, yeah, the ports, where things are coming in from. Um, and again, like the, it, it, you know, I'm still learning. Like I'm I'm still discovering. Like oh wow, they do it like that in the south. Okay, wow, they do it like that. And so, you know, the, the other day someone was telling me about. Um, uh, an Iraqi Jewish kubba dish, and it was with um, a, a green sauce. Instead, of, usually it's in a tomato sauce or, or, or a white sauce. There's so many different sauces, and someone's telling me like, "Yeah, we do it with green." So another another was saying we do it with beetroot, and it's just like, "Wow, like, what, what are we talking about this? This needs to be documented. Like, this needs to be celebrated. Like, this, you know." So yeah, like it's just it, again, like I'm I'm learning so much, and it's, it's it's incredible just how vast it is. And even for to say that like there's so even dishes that relate to religion, that's like a whole new layer. Yeah, you know, I have some people saying like you know, the Christians do it like this, and the Muslims do it like this, and the, and the Jews do. It. Like, it's like wow, like like that's like we don't know that. Yeah, you know. So it's like again, like this whole discovery that I'm on um, it's, it's incredible I think it's probably really exciting for all of us that you are discovering as you go as well oh, that yeah. you're not sort of arriving with the kind of okay guys this is it this is you know the, the no, absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. everything about it that you are wanting to talk to people and wanting to understand different aspects of things and yeah. that creates you know, you mentioned earlier about you know the sort of melting pot uh, you know, that happens at the market of different influences and things and it feels like you're sort of really embracing the melting pot within your own. Hundred percent. That's yeah, really exciting. Authentically, like I'm learning with you guys, and I'm you know, I'm just obsessed. So, like, it's great for everyone who wants to learn more because I'm going to just be getting as much knowledge as I can. Yeah. And, you know, one day I will be going to Iraq, and I can't wait for that day because it'll be just be a massive discovery again, and and I'll be sharing the journey with everyone. And how, when you make that trip, <clears throat> yeah, what do you imagine being the key things you want to do or get out of it? Do, do you know what's funny? Like I, I had people being like, "Ah, oh, we need to send you out there, have, have a camera crew with you." Like, we'd be great to, and I was just like, "Nah, I don't want any of that." Like, it becomes something very different, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's just like I, I want this, like just for me and just I want to just discover like I don't want anyone near you know what I mean I, like when as you said like if there's people there doing all that it just becomes a bit inauthentic and a bit staged I, I was just like no I don't want any of that stuff I just want to be there smell it see it you know have my senses connect 
with 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 a, with a country and a culture that I'm, I'm I'm representing from across the pond in in my privileged world that I live in, and I want to just take it back to basics and yeah. really really discover and and you know I'm sure I'll be so humbled by what I see and and again it will, I know it will revitalize me to come back even more like wow like. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going up another level. I bet you try things that will just sort of blow your mind. Yeah, just say, take it in a different, in a different way. The bread, with the br- it all. like, you know, don't get me started about the bread. Like, the, the oh, no, mat. I want to now. Now you said that. Go on, give us a bit on bread. Just fresh tanur bread and samoon. Like these are all different types of bread, and it's like, again, like we don't know enough about it. And watch this space. We're hopefully going to open a little Iraqi bakery at, at Kuba in Bara. So we're going to start doing fresh tanur bread. And again, like bread, such as you know, a simple you know peasant kind of tells you, know, you so much. You learn you know, so much about people, and pl- I keep saying people, place, and time when yeah. I'm doing these. And bread is such a lens mm. into all of those. Mm. What's the bread? So when I came um, and I well, a few times, and you get the the kuba kuba, and I was scared, yeah. um, and yeah, a lovely bread. Yeah, with yeah. It. What's that bread? That's, that's tanur bread. Okay, tell me yeah. about that. It's so, beautiful. So. Um, the most familiar kind of comparison is like a naan bread, okay. but it's a lot more doughy, soft, and like elastic, and just oh, it's it's so much better than naan. I'm sorry to say, but it is just there's something so like light, but yeah. but Moorish about sort of, it. You sort of can't stop eating it. Yeah, and it goes perfectly with everything else because all the the juices and kind the sauces of, yeah. and it just becomes so luscious. The grilled kebab that we do over charcoal, obviously the meat goes on there, and the, the meat the meat the meat juices will drip into that. We're starting doing homemade fresh hummus now. So you can just mop up the hummus. I saw an Insta that you're becoming bread. a bit of a hummus nerd. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot again about that that whole world. Massage your chickpeas, guys. Hummus that's nerdery the, that, lives on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's brilliant. And again, like you know, I I, I get so obsessed that like, anything that goes on the menu at Barra, like it just it's got to be perfect. Yeah. And if it isn't, it's not going on. So we're, we're on that mission to get the perfect hummus recipe. Sure, you will. Hmm. Um, We've said a few times about you, you know, having become this you know, representative, really, for the, the 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 food culture of Iraq, and it, it is exciting to see people being open to that. Because I know you've been doing Saturday Kitchen, yeah. and you've been doing some food Incredible. writing as well, yeah. and that that must be great to kind of feel that there is this wider take up. Yeah, like again, like I, I th- you know, when you say all of that, I get like this feeling of like pressure. You know, like it's like no, like <laughs> it's it's um it's good, but it is like I want to do it proud and I want to do it justice. And yeah, when you're on stages like Saturday Kitchen, it's just like that. That was just pure adrenaline. So but, go on, give our listeners a little bit of an insight into how Saturday Kitchen rolls. Okay, so so bearing in mind, I did I did Friday night service. I got in at one. There was a taxi outside my door at 4.30 a.m. So I'm already, like, on adrenaline. You get to Saturday Kitchen Studio. Everyone's super lovely. I have to say that. They're just such a lovely bunch of people. Matt Tebbert, a legend, such a good guy. And you basically do the whole show before it begins. Yeah. You do just a trial run. And um, obviously I chose the most complicated dish. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a debut. And, um, what did you make, Phil? Dolma, the, the 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 one pot wonder with the big reveal, and um, yeah, like 
it was just like I grew up watching this show. I got so much inspiration from the chefs on that show in my journey, like, and I like here I am, like on it. And it's such a good. It was incredible way, and I th- and I think Borough is this as well of being able to kind of platform and you know make things more make you know, ideas and cuisines and ingredients just really openly accessible to people who may Definitely. not be kind of you know, coming across them otherwise. Yeah. Um, f- what about ingredients? Are there you know particular ingredients which you know people should be keeping an eye out for if they want to kind of you know begin to dip their toe into? I think the, the, the ingredients are readily available. It's actually the spicing that's just very intricate, and it's like. The, the, we call it the Bahrat, your, your spice blend. It's almost like garam masala for, for those who, who are familiar with the Indian kitchen. But um, yeah, like the Bahrat and the blends, you know, we have a biryani spice blend. We have a, you know, a normal family, you know, just a normal family spice blend that's always in the cupboard. Um, so, it's, you know, that's definitely something to, to kind of like master and, and have your, 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 your spice blends already nailed. Um, the other thing as well is is is, is amber. It's a, it's a it's a real strong, salty, fermented mango pickle, and that was from the Indian um, spice trade. But this has become like a staple in every Iraqi household. It's like it's incredible. It's like it's like just salty umami meets mango meets kind of like it's just a perfect condiment with like grilled meat. What's it called again? Um, amber. Okay. We're starting to, little plug here, we're starting to sell it soon. At, at plug away, you can't plug here, love. Why can't yeah, you plug? Yeah, we're going to start We're gonna start doing our own. And But basically, the, the dip that goes with our kubba, people are like, you need to sell that. Like, every customer who has it, they're like, what was in that yellow sauce? And we just kind of laugh now. We're like, okay, we need to we need to do something about this. Yeah. So we're going to start. And again, that's all part of, you know, getting people more opened up into, you know, trying things at home and cooking yeah. themselves. and. Iraqi recipes, if people do want to cook something at home, where would you, you know, steer people to? Have you got any recipes? Yeah, there's some on the website, jumakitchen.com. I've done a few with you guys at Barra as well. So so, yeah, there's there's a few at Barra. If you want to try the dish, the the show-stopping dish that I did on Saturday Kitchen, that's on the BBC website. So you know, there's 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 a wide range out there. I I, the 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 trouble with, with what I'm doing is like. Borough is a full-time operation and obviously the year we've had I don't even have any time to do recipe writing or or any of the other stuff that I'd like to do so it's a cookbook's got to be in your future at some point yeah I've had so many like approaches about it it's it it, I'd rather for me how I see it I'm still on this journey and I think I'd rather that at the end of this journey like a legacy Like this is what that you've been on this journey with me. Here it is, and that, I think that might be a bit romantic and a bit this, but I think everyone's writing a cookbook these days, and you can just fling them out for fun, really. From what I can see out there, like there's a lot out there. So I, just me personally, I just yeah. want to do something, and again, it's a representation of 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 a, of a whole country so rich in heritage, in culture, in cooking. So. Yeah, that I think that'll come at the end. So, um, but for now, yeah, I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to survive <laughs> this year, yeah, and and, yeah. and you know get through get through it, and then hopefully I can just come away from being this person who's 
here, there, and everywhere, and go back to actually being a, a business owner and running a business and and getting like you know if I want to put a special on at Borough and just do twenty portions of a particular flagship dish, I can do that. But right now, it's just like I haven't really got that luxury because it's just all I'm in it. I'm really in it right you are now. Really, really and, in and, it. And, and it's you know it's we're recording this first of October, yeah, first of October, yeah. I think, twenty twenty one, and. Alfresco, the market, is coming to an end shortly for you. It's going to yeah. carry on a little while for some of the other folks, but yeah. you're coming to an end in a couple of days, and you look <laughs> you look like you're kind of happy. You need it to come to an Just end. Just tell me, Philip, you look awful. You, you look do, I mean, No, I'm not going to say that, Daniel, but I, I will say last time I saw you, you, you looked you know, a little bit fresher. I, I had colour. <laughs> I had colour in my cheeks. Yeah, no, it's... um, We're very tired, and it's been... um. We've created something very special with the Alfresco like restaurant at Borough. And I'm gonna say it is when you go down there to the Alfresco in the evenings, mm. it is such a special thing. Yeah. You know, the way it's been done out with all the lights and the atmosphere and all the community of you guys. You spoke yeah. earlier in the session about how it is like a family feel and community and everyone's very supportive. And you really feel that when you go as a punter, it Amazing. really sort of bounces off the railway arches and the metal you know, yeah, rods yeah. and stuff. You really, really feel it. And it's it's a very, very special thing and obviously huge hard work. But I think for the punter, it's such a, you know, anyone listening here has a chance to kind of you know, go down and enjoy one of those evenings. It's really... Really cool. Yeah, it, it's um, it's real. It's very real. And um, yeah, the last, I guess four. We yeah, we've pretty much opened a, a four month restaurant. And um, and of course, you know, you've got to switch from the daytime market oh, to the evening, and that's yeah. a heck of a thing. Yeah. So I just think of my team, Nirav, and everyone who's just working tirelessly. Like we'll do a massive day, and then we'll go straight into the evening. You know, it's like. 7 a.m. till midnight. That's just normal, and it's, like, and it's non-stop. Like it's not even, it's not even a joke. It's just non-stop, and it, you know, the industry's changing. I'm not, I'm not proud or happy to say like these hours are normal. Like it's not, but this year hasn't been normal, so everyone's had to dig deep. But I'm really happy to see the industry's changing in the sense of like well-being is 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 again like I think coming to the forefront of of. Of, of hospitality. And I think that's really right. And being aware of people's exhaustion and mm. general behaviour, mental health. Yeah, massively. I, yeah, my day off, I say, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to see people, family, friends, girlfriend, and it's like, I'm just tired. <laughs> Do you feel, you know? Phil, that you, know, you were said a few times about you being, you know, the guy who's out there representing Iraqi food in the UK? Excuse me. Are there others coming up behind you? Do you feel there's you know a growing momentum? Yeah, there there, there are. There, you know what's lovely as well is like I, I I can I can see little pockets, little little things happening. And um, weirdly though, there's a thing inside of me now that I'm in it and now I've done this journey. It's like it. I hate to keep saying, but it's such hard work that, you know, if anyone does reach out and a few people have like, I just, I give them as much information and, and all the losses and the downfalls that I've had, like, I really like highlight that, that to them because yeah, like it's, it's really hard. So, you know, we've got, um, 
yeah, we've got my dear friend Summer Thomas. She's going to be hopefully launching like specialist Iraqi turshi, which is like pickles. And like, you know, we've been friends over the years. And there's there's yeah there's loads of people out there who are, who are, who are coming and I, I I want it to be more to be honest because again the, the the country's too vast and huge for you know maybe just a few people to be representing it and and not to mention there are restaurants in London serving Iraqi food but again like it's just few and far between like there needs to be more of us and by the time I'm done. There will be. Trust me on that. <laughs> that's, that's that's your mission. Yeah, I get the feeling that you know you want to make it happen. It's uh, it will. It, it's gonna it's gonna happen. The, the cuisine is too beautiful and special for it not to be given the love and the spotlight it deserves. And you surely are doing that, Phil. And that feels like a great way for us to wind up because I think I've got to let you get back. You got to yeah, get back to the market. I'm, eh? No, I'm heading to the prep prep kitchen now. <laughs> the prep kitchen, and then, right? Yeah, we've got evening service tonight. How many more evening services? We've got tonight and tomorrow. It's going to feel good. Yeah, I told the guys we're going to open a big bottle of bubbly at the end of Saturday service. But to be clear, daytime is still going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Everyone keeps getting confused. I'm sharing it on Insta, like, last service. And everyone's like, you're leaving. Then I'm like, no. Yeah, let's not get that vibe out there. Our fresco is ending. So so, so moving forward, when can people find you at Borough Market? Yeah, Monday to Saturday, normal lunchtime come down and i've heard there'll be some we'll go we'll go seven days a week throughout december for the christmas crowd so that'll be that's, fun for us that's a little teaser for everyone yeah there. yeah, yeah. so yeah we, we you know we're not going anywhere and we can't wait to see you all phil you are such a joy and an asset to have at borough market and you know, within the uk food culture generally and you know, for, you. What, for what you're doing for you know, iraqi food culture is, is incredible lovely lovely to talk to you thank you so much for coming um and thank you all very much for um joining us today on borough talks thanks for joining us today we'll be back with more borough talks soon a reminder that borough market is now open seven days a week for those who can't make it down here you can still enjoy the best of borough at borough market online with nationwide delivery You can head to our website for more information, subscribe to our newsletter. There are lots of recipes and features on the Borough Market Traders.